Hey, what's going on, guys? And welcome back to Building Romans Empire podcast. And in today's episode, it's going to be a little bit different um, because it's a case study. Okay, it's a case study of an actual wholesale deal where um, we made $35,000. Well, it was actually a double close, but it's still considered a wholesale. So we're going to break that down. But um, I appreciate you guys listening to me. Uh, it's funny because um, I was I was on Instagram um, earlier, and actually, if, if you guys don't follow me on Instagram, I recommend you do. It's um, RomanEmpire.cle. But uh, I was on Instagram earlier, and I got a couple DMs from just people that I don't know. Honestly, honestly, I mean, you know, they're just people that are following me. But from following me for a couple of years, I got a um, some of these people reached out and said, "Like, hey Roman, I really appreciate the content you put out because um, with your tips and your motivation, um, I was able to get my first flip, or I was able to start off market direct mail marketing, and I was able to lock up a deal, or I bought my first rental property." So it's always um, it makes me feel good hearing these things from you guys. And ultimately, that's the reason for this podcast is um, you guys are following me along while I'm on my journey of building my real estate empire. And um, and hopefully you guys use some of my tips and strategies and tactics that I talk about on my podcast and you implement that into your business. So, um, all right. Next thing is if you haven't checked out the previous podcast, I highly recommend you do. It was zero, podcast number 002. Uh, we discussed my business structure and why it works. Um, basically, uh, we broke down my business um, layout, each entity, um, how it's uh, separated and why it's separated and basically how the whole structure works from acquisitions, well, from lead generation to acquisitions to dispositions. So if you're um, building a business or thinking about building a real estate business, I recommend you check that out. All right. Well, um, let's get on to today's podcast, today's show. And our topic is $35,000 wholesale profit. All right. So where do I even begin with this one? All right. So let's talk about, I have no script for this, guys. I'm just telling you guys a story of how it actually happened. So um, basically, um, the lead came in through cold call or maybe SMS marketing. I don't remember, but it came in through one of our lead generating um, sources. It went to my acquisitions and my acquisitions, her name is Leah. um, She called and she talked to the seller and uh, basically I think they negotiated, uh, or no, she got an asking price of $70,000 for this duplex. So, and then then the lead comes to me and I review it. So I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, absentee owner, I think that was the list that it was on, absentee owner, looks like the owner lives in New York, owns a property duplex in Cleveland. And when she, when Leah asks them for an asking price, which there's a way to, to ask for an asking price, guys, you don't just go flat out and ask for it in the, in the middle or at the beginning, beginning of your conversation, there's a finesse, there's a skill to doing this, which I'll teach you. Um, but anyway, she asked for an asking price and, uh, he gave her a reasonable asking price. So, uh, you know, the lead went into Podio, so I tagged her in Podio, and I said, hey, this is actually a good deal. Um, why don't you call him back and schedule an appointment? So she did, schedules an appointment. 
I come out, I meet with the seller's um, a family member because, you know, obviously the seller, the owner is out of state. He's from New York. Um, so the family member walks me through the house and I'm walking through this duplex and I'm, I'm like, well, everything is brand new in this house. Like literally everything is brand new. Fresh paint, new floor, um, electrical is fully updated. I'm talking about like new panels. They split the panels like they should because it's a duplex. Uh, new plumbing, uh, to every, all the bathrooms are tiled. The kitchen was like, eh, they use kind of kind of old cabinets, but whatever. So I'm walking through and I'm like, man, this house is remodeled. Like, what's the problem here? Um, and I, I forgot to mention this too. Like when we went to look at it, we got to remember, I live in Cleveland. It was really cold. It was like in the teens, maybe in, even in the single digits. Uh, the snow was piled up so high that we had to like dig out the side door just to get in. But as soon as we, oh, and the door froze. I remember the door froze shut like all the way around. I had to literally like use the force of my body and, and force the door in. Um, so I forced it. And as soon as we got in, I look up and there's a leaky pipe, a pipe that, that burst because, um, you know, it's really cold and they should have turned the water off, but they didn't. Um, the house has been sitting vacant and I see all this water come from the ceiling. And I remember thinking like, man, this sucks. But at the same time, I was going to use that as leverage and, I was going to use that as a negotiating point with the seller. So immediately I take a picture and I send it to the seller because he's in New York, right? And uh, he sees it and he's like, oh man, he's like, all right, well, shut the water off. So we, you know, we, uh, we went down, shut the water off and then, and then we proceeded to do our walkthrough. Okay. So later come to find out there was a problem. Okay. And this is, and this is, this is the problem. This is why the seller was motivated. They basically bought a house that was condemned, okay? It was condemned by the city of Cleveland. And they went ahead and fixed it up. They pulled all the permits, as they should. You know, when you buy a condemned house, you have to follow um, the, the process of how to um, get it off the condemned list. And you have to pull all the proper, proper permits, and they did. But the contractors that they hired were garbage, Okay, contractors were just like they, they didn't follow the um, uh, inspection schedule after they pulled the permits. And they basically did, they, they, they got the work done. It was just like kind of sloppy. Um, and uh, basically, they never followed the inspection schedule. So basically, what you're supposed to do is when, um, let's say you pull an electrical permit, right? When you run, um, when you run the wire, you have to call the city inspector back out to inspect that you you did it the right way before you put the drywall up and close the walls. Then when you, let's say, when you install the outlets or when you install the electrical panel, he has to come back out to make sure it was installed correctly. So they didn't do any of that. They didn't do that on HVAC, electrical. They didn't do that on plumbing. Literally, they didn't do any of it. So what what happened was the city wasn't giving these guys an occupancy permit. And without an occupancy permit, you can't get the electricity on, you can't get the gas on, and you can't get um, the water on, okay? Um, and, the, well, they did have the water on because they bypassed the meter, which you can't do. That's a big no-no. 
Um, but they did. So that's how they had the water. You know, that's why the water was leaking when I walked into the house. But um, so anyway, these guys were just kind of jank. You know, they're just they're not they're like a mom and pop investors who do this as a part time uh, gig, maybe on the side, maybe they have a full time job, but they weren't really committed to the business. And it shows. So um, all these issues that I just pointed out and I noticed, um, I use that to my to my advantage. So this is where the story story gets better believe it or not. I actually, while I was there, I took pictures and videos and we went ahead and came back to the office, uh, uploaded everything and we text blasted it out to our cash buyers list. And we also email blasted it to our cash buyers list, which I'll teach you how to build a good cash buyers list, by the way, because there's a lot of people who just don't know how to properly do it. The other thing I did was I posted it on uh, Facebook groups, um, like local real estate investment Facebook groups that um, I'm a part of, and I highly recommend that if you're trying to get in the business or you're already in the business, you get in on some of these local Facebook groups. There's a lot of deals that get posted in there. So I I actually posted um, this deal on the Facebook group too, and that's where we got our buyer, okay? Well, our first buyer, I should say. So our first buyer came in, and uh, this guy's a big shot, you know, buying a lot of houses. He told me he buys 20 a month. So I was like, oh, all right, cool, 20 houses a month. That's awesome. I was like, you know, he's got some money behind him. He, he's experienced. He knows what he's doing. So we put it under contract. I was going to make like, I don't remember what I was going to make, maybe like eight grand, maybe like 10 grand on, on the first contract. And uh, I was like, yeah, whatever, I'm making 10 grand, you know, cool. So, um, but when it was under contract, so it was under, I I had it under contract with the seller, okay, which is the A to B contract. And then I had it under contract with the end buyer, which is the B to C contract, okay? So um, during the due diligence phase, the the B to C buyer, the the end buyer, which which was the guy that was doing twenty houses um, a month, came back to me and said, "Did you know that this house is condemned?" And I said, uh, "I think so." Seller mentioned something like that, but I didn't have all the details. So he tells me um, because he went on the city's website and he checked this. He tells me he's like, "Look at all these open permits that they never closed." And I'm looking at it, and literally every permit was pulled but never closed. And uh, I'm like, man. So, like, I'm like, yeah, but you're buying it as is. You know, you do 20 houses a month. Ain't no big thing, right? Ain't no big deal for you, man. He's like, I don't want it. He's like, I don't want to deal with the with the headache. I don't want to deal with the city. I don't want to. Uh, basically, just started backpedaling and backing out. Well, at this point, um, I'm, I'm like sitting there, well, man, like if he don't want it, I remember thinking to myself, like, if this guy doesn't want it, then why the hell would I want it? Um, but because he's much more experienced than me, at least I thought so. Okay. The story gets better. I thought so. And I, um, and so I called the seller back because I, at this point I was backing out too. I was like, all right, this, this, um, house is garbage. 
Um, there's way too much that needs to be done. Literally, every permit needs to be repulled. You might have to open the walls back up to, for the inspector to check. So um, I call the seller back and I'm like, hey, uh, yeah, you didn't tell me this. You didn't tell me the house was condemned. You didn't tell me the, the issue with the permits. We check with the city. There's tons of issues here. I'm like, listen, I'm backing out of the contract. Uh, I, don't, I don't want this thing. This is a headache. And, um, and he immediately said, well, listen, man, I'm, pr- I'm motivated to get rid of this thing. So name your price. And I told him, for me to buy this, I have to get it next to nothing. That's that's what I told him. For me to buy this, I need to literally buy it for next to nothing. So I I, I don't think if I'm I don't think I mentioned this guys, but I um I had it under contract at the time for seventy six thousand dollars, okay, and I thought I could sell it for around a hundred. Well, um, after after I called him and gave him this bad news. I said, next to nothing. And he goes, what do you mean? And I said, 20000 And he goes, I can't, dude, I can't do that. And that's when he said, I'm all in at fifty. Um, so I'm like, okay. So at this point, I knew that he has $50,000 invested into this house, okay, um, with the purchase and remodel. But he was selling it to me with the original contract price of seventy six. So I, I I already saw that he's trying to make twenty six grand here. Okay, so when I called him back and I dropped the news on him that I don't want it, he immediately backpedaled and said, uh, "I'm all in at fifty. Name your price." And that's when I said twenty five. He called me back um, literally within a couple hours and said, "Hey, can't do twenty five, but I can do forty. And if I do forty, I'm losing ten grand on this deal." He goes, "I just want out." Again, very motivated, out of state. He's he held this property for two years, and literally um, ha- the property hasn't performed for the reasons I just mentioned. You know, they kind of they they didn't do what they're supposed to do. Um, sellers out of state can't really con- um, uh, owners out of state can't really control the situation. Can't really control the um, the contractors. Is not really in in the loop on what's going on. So these are all the motivating factors that I'm mentioning to you guys. So um, so when he came back, let's get back to the story. Okay, when he came back and he told me 40 grand, I, I was good with that. Because even though I told him 25, I was shooting way low. I was shooting way low. Uh, hoping that he would settle at 30 or 40. Well, he settled at 40 and I already knew that he's losing 10 grand on this deal. And I said, all right, let's go for it. So immediately um, I send them a price reduction contract. We reduced the price and now we are under contract at 40,000. So I dropped the price from 76 to 40. What I did immediately is I put it back on the market I, I bypassed now. Now this now my original buyer is out of the picture at this point. The guy that was buying twenty houses a, a a month, he backed out. He didn't want it. So now I'm back in the game, right? I have um, I have the property under contract now at a new price, which is forty thousand dollars. Now I can create a spread here, okay? And and here's my thought process. Like at first I was like, oh crap! Like this experienced guy who's doing 20 houses a month, said no to this house. And when I got it under contract for 40, I called him back and I said, hey, man, can you do 50? 
And he said, no, I wouldn't touch this house even if you gave it to me for free. So I was still kind of skeptical because this experienced guy who's doing tons of houses is telling me no. But then I realized, and that's when it all clicked, okay? It clicked because I realized that the buying criteria is different for every single investor. And just because this guy, this guy didn't want it, didn't mean that the next guy didn't want it. So I didn't want it for because I didn't really like the neighborhood. This guy didn't want it. But doesn't mean that there's an investor out there who really likes it and who wants it. So when I switched my mindset to um, to there's other possibilities, there's most likely other buyers that want it. There's a buyer for everything, guys. Literally, there's a buyer for every deal. You just have to find them. And that's where your skill set comes into play when it comes to wholesaling. So I um, so I went ahead and we text, uh, text blasted, email blasted, and put it back on the Facebook groups again at $78,000. Yeah, I think we listed it for $78,000. We, um, we had tons of interest, tons of interest. And what we did was since the house was vacant, we, li- we put a logbox on there with the key. And we just say, the people, the cash buyers that were interested, we said, hey, guys, it's a going show. There's a logbox on it. Just go there and uh, just tell us when you're going and give us your contact information and just go there. So we literally had like 10 people through the first day, another 10 people through the next day. Because even at $78,000, this deal was still a deal. Like it's still a hell of a deal. So um, a lot of people went, a lot of people looked. And a lot of people tried call, started calling us, asking more questions. And that's when we had to like disclose and say, like, yeah, guys, you know, um, this house is condemned. However, it's fully remodeled. It is condemned, but it's fully remodeled. So if you, if you have the time and the patience to deal with the city and their BS, then, um, then it's still a deal. It's a hell of a deal, actually. Um, because duplexes in my area in that neighborhood usually go from about 115 to 130. And especially remodeled duplexes. Now, this duplex had new everything on the inside, um, new new uh, electric panels, new roof, siding was new, windows were like five years old. So it was a legit duplex. So I had a guy reach out to me, um, and this guy was showing some strong interest, but he was very he was hesitating because the house was condemned. And I and I and this is where again where your wholesaling skill set comes into play. And I told the guy, I was like, listen, don't be scared, man. Just because it's condemned uh, doesn't mean it's not a deal. And I actually had um, the inspector's phone number from the city that I got from the permits from uh, the county website. And I said, here you go, man. Call this guy up and ask him about the issues. And he'll explain to you better than I can. So um, this particular buyer called called the investor, I mean, um, the inspector, and uh, he he got all the information that he needed. So basically, it, I guess the inspector calmed him down and reassured him that it's going to be okay. <laughs> so he calls me back, this guy, and um, this cash buyer, and he says, hey, uh, Roman, listen, um, t- I talked to the inspector. Inspector says, don't worry. Um, all these issues can be taken care of. Uh, let, let's do this. And I literally sold it for 78K. Or wait. 76. I dropped the price for him by $2,000. So it was under contract for 40. There was some holding costs and closing costs. So all in, um, 
uh, we assigned it to this guy, the end cash buyer, for uh, 76. We were under contract for 40, assigned it for 76. So we made $36,000 on this, on this deal, okay? And yeah, there's about $1,000 in like holding costs and some closing costs. But here's what I did. Instead of just straight up wholesaling, because there's there a bit, you know, it's a pretty big assignment fee. When people see that, that assignment fee on, on the closing disclosure, the HUD, um, they're not very happy sometimes. They, they see that and sometimes it happens and sometimes it doesn't happen, but some people don't want to sign that when they see how much money they're giving you. So here's how I handled it. I, I called my title company and I said, listen, this is a $36,000 assignment fee. Um, here's what we're going to do. We're going to double close on this because I don't want to spook this guy. And so he doesn't see what's going on. So um, we, we double closed on it. And what that means is you, you close on the contract, the, the A to B contract between the original seller and me. We close on that one first. Okay. And then what we do is the uh, same day, literally within minutes, we close on the B to C contract between me and the end buyer. So that's called a double close. So, some title companies do a dry, meaning um, you don't have to bring any money to the table because uh, what they do is they use the B to C contract money to fund the A to B contract. So basically, they're using the end buyer's funds, okay, to fund your closing and then their closing. But some title companies, you do have to bring money to the table. So you have to front $40,000 um, for them to close your contract, and then and then the end buyer f- would front seventy six dollars for him to close his contract, and then you get it all back, obviously. So... Um, yeah, so anyway, we double closed on this one. I didn't want them to see the assignment fee. And um, and it worked out awesome. It worked out awesome. Now, listen, I got a hell of a deal. And the end buyer got a hell of a deal. Because if once he uh, gets the utilities back up and running, he can rent out each unit for $900. I'm telling you, $900 per unit. He's going to be cash flowing like crazy on that duplex. So um, I, I think everyone got a good deal here. Um, the seller offloaded his problem property to me. I, you know, I um, assigned it to somebody who appreciates it and will take good care of it. And uh, everybody made money. So um, the, I guess the moral of the story, if I had to give you guys one lesson, is there, there is no like unmarketable uh, deals or deals that nobody wants. There are a few, but um, at the end of the day, every investor has his own buying criteria. Every single one. My buying criteria is way different than another investor in my hometown. Like in my hometown, he might not like the areas that I like. He might only buy single, single family houses instead of duplexes. So, um, Every buyer, uh, every investor has a different buying criteria. Therefore, you should never be discouraged. All right. You should never be discouraged from locking up a deal um, because then if you have the right skill set on the disposition side, you can totally uh, wholesale, wholesale, double close, whatever you want to call it. You can totally um, sell that deal on the back end on the disposition side. You just have to trust the process and know and understand that there's a buyer for every deal. Just because you don't like it, 
doesn't mean that there's another investor that's not going to like it. Just because a guy that's doing 20 houses a month said no to you, don't let that discourage you. I didn't let that discourage me. I actually said, you know what? If you don't want it, all right, forget it. I'll find the next guy who does want it. And um, I guess I should mention this too. And I remember even thinking like, man, I'm be, I'm getting a duplex of $40,000, like $40,000. Everything is brand new in this thing. I, I remember even thinking like this, like even if I can't find the cash buyer to wholesale it to, it's $40,000. I can buy I can, Dude, I can put it on the credit card if I wanted to. <laughs> so... Um, so in my, I, I thought like, all right, even if I do buy it, you know, if I can't find the, um, if I can find the cash buyer who wants it, I'll just buy it for 40 grand. I'll do all the legwork on working with the city and like all that nonsense, you know, getting the utilities back up and running. Like it, that didn't scare me. I knew that I can get it done if I put my mind to it. And I knew what duplexes cost in that area. So if I got all that stuff done, I could have sold a duplex on the market for 130. So now we're talking $90,000 profit, okay? Now here's why I chose not to do that and why I just went with the double close with the assignment because um, at the time, I think we had like three projects running at once. So I didn't want to spread myself thin. Um, and this and this was a sure thing. Like th- these 35K were coming in. Like this assignment was going to happen. So I, I took, I guess I took the easier route for a smaller profit because I had too many other projects going on at once and I didn't want to spread my attention too thin. So, um, so I chose to go the quicker route. But I'm just telling you guys, this is where this is the multiple exit strategies comes into play. If you, um, if you have those multiple exit strategies and if you don't sell a deal, um, or you don't assign a deal, or you can't find a cash buyer, or whatever. You know, don't be a one-trick pony. That this is when you come out and you say, "All right, I'll take it down myself. I'll take it down myself. I'll, I'll sit on it for a little bit, and then I'll go ahead and uh, flip it for a 90k profit." So I was totally open to that idea. I was actually kind of hoping that that would happen. Um, just so I can make that 90k. But at the same time, I I was looking at like I was looking at our lead flow, and we had like I said three deals going on at the same time, like three construction projects at once, and um, and I, I saw that we had like three more coming in possibly next month, and I just couldn't handle all of it. I, I guess I could, but then again, do I want to spread myself too thin, or do I kind of want to go at my own pace? Um, you, you, this is where you come in and you design your own business. You design your own lifestyle. You do what you want to do and you make the best decision for you at that moment. And what I did was I just went ahead and wholesaled it. Hey, I'm happy because I can sit here now and I can tell you guys a story and hopefully you took a lot from it. Um, I think there's a lot of nuggets in there, a lot of tips that you guys can use in your business. And, and if not, if you just listen to this, just cause you're entertained, then great. Cool. I appreciate that too. <laughs> All right, guys. So um, a couple things. Um, if you're, you're not following me on Instagram, go ahead and follow me, uh, romanempire.cle. Um, I'll be putting out more podcasts like this every so often. We'll just do a straight case study podcast, which I kind of like because I get to dive deep into every detail of a deal that I did. Sometimes it'll be wholesale. Sometimes I'll be talking about flips. And sometimes I'll be talking about wholetails 
and uh, rental properties too. So I'll give you guys tons of case studies, okay? All right, well, I hope you enjoy this, guys, and I'll see you on the next podcast. Peace.